When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a Thursday morning. We're talking some hoops here. Scott Christofferson, former Cyclone, is now ESPN Plus analyst for Iowa State basketball. Iowa State coming off of a 68-60 to win over Alabama State the other night. Uh, Cyclones are 3-0 and now for the first time since 2018. Scott, how are you doing this morning? Doing really well. How are you? Doing well, man. Just uh, just another week, dude. Getting ready for uh, Saturday in Norman. Should be a fun one uh, between the Cyclones and Sooners. But, um, man, this team has been – this basketball team has been really fun to watch. You know, they there are some things that remain uh, – really frustrating about them at times. Uh, but there's also some things that are really, really fun about them because you see, you get some pretty great moments from some young guys, you know, especially Tyrese Hunter, seeing how he's continued to grow has been really fun. But then there's also the elements of where they go one for 20 from three point range. And those elements are not so fun. Yeah. I, there's a lot to like, I think there's a lot to be positive about. Um, I, I wrote about this on cyclone fanatic and, and I think, Offense is going to be a work in progress. I think there are some things and we can get into that, that they they're going to be able to improve upon and it's going to increase their opportunity to be successful. If you're looking for a team to consistently shoot 45% from the three off of 20 shots, I think this team may, you know, that's not to say they're not capable of having games. And by all means, I would love to be proven wrong by them over the course of the next three months. But early on, it doesn't seem like outside shooting from the three point line is going to be, the strength of this team. And, and you hear TJ talk about that. You know, they want defense to be the constant. They've been outstanding on the 50, 50 balls. I think those things are things that will translate right into big 12 competition. Um, the rebounding uh, was up against Oregon state. I thought it was down a little bit the other night, but there's a lot to like about this team and Hey, they're three and oh, and coming off of the couple of seasons we've had uh, the last couple of years that we should all be very positive about starting off the year three and oh. Yeah. I mean, the one positive I think about the, their struggles with shooting the three is that teams have also really struggled to shoot the three against them. So it's like they do a good enough job defensively to be able to kind of negate some of those things, but let's start with the offensive side. Um, the it's, it's weird because it's not an issue in, in the past for Iowa state, it was an issue of being able to consistently get good looks. That has not been a problem. They've been able to get a lot of good looks and especially from three, they've gotten a lot of open looks. I think that some of that is tied to the fact, you know, especially Alabama state, there were moments where they'd be playing a two, three zone. And you'd look at the guys at the top of their two, three zone, and they're playing at the free throw line or below. You know, like they've got five guys with their feet in the paint and they're basically daring Iowa State's players to shoot the 
ball from deep. I would be very surprised if that is not something that we see often this year, based on what we've seen from this team so far, you know, some teams are not going to do that. You know, Texas with Chris Beard, they're never not going to play man to man. That's just how Texas, how Chris Beard's teams have always been, but a team like Kansas state or, you know, even a Kansas or obviously Baylor who has been really good in zone in the past. Like those are the kinds of teams that they're not going to be afraid to be like, you guys can shoot 20 times out there and we'll leave you open for 19 of them. And we don't care if you continue to shoot them, you know, and Mm -hmm. because they don't believe that they can consistently make them. What does it take to a either be able to make the shots at a slightly higher clip than what they have been or B to get different looks out of that and maybe, you know, create some openings in the paint when people are going to pack the paint like that. Yeah, I think, I do think they're a better shooting team than they were the other night. And aside from the first couple of minutes when the Alabama state threw the zone at them, I thought they handled that pretty well. They, they did a good job of mixing in their playmakers into that high post getting it to them. And then, you know, they either try to make a play on the rim, dump down to a big, or as we saw the other night, there were quite a few times where they were able to kick it out for an open three and they just, they weren't hitting those. That's you know frustrating for the fans, but as a coach, I, I can live with that. Um, those things are going to happen. And, and I, fortunately for Iowa state, they do a lot of other things well enough, I think to play through those lulls. You know, I, I, I still see guys there's, there's types of threes that I like, right? So I like inside out threes, get the ball to the high post when they do that, get the, you know, punch a gap in an inside out three. I like those types of threes. Um, if you're uh, a guy like Caleb grill or Cal sure, or Hunter, and you've got it going a little bit, you're coming off of a couple of made baskets and you're feeling it, you know, and you get an early in rhythm three, by all means, let it fly. I do think this team will help itself out, not only offensively, but defensively by being just a little bit more patient on certain types of threes and to kind of compare it to football. Like I look at Iowa state as a team with great defense, outstanding special teams, and they're going to have a little bit more of like a game management type of an offense. You know, a lot of times you see the best defenses, they tend to play good complementary football. You hear that. Right. And I think Iowa state as they start playing against power five teams would help themselves out by, by taking a little bit longer possessions when, they're not in or when they're not, when they don't have it rolling, when they're going through some of those offensive lulls, they've missed a couple of shots because the more possessions that you create, I mean, they're having to play so hard every possession and give them a ton of credit. They have possession after possession, but throughout a 35 game season against all of the types of big 12 teams are going to play. I would like to see them continue to take those sorts of threes that I just mentioned, maybe eliminate a few of the early ones when they don't have it going offensively and either through the pass, or I think for me, the three, you know, the big three that I talk about are Brockington, Hunter and Cal Shure. I look at those guys as having to put pressure on the offense, getting the ball into the paint, getting it up on the rim. And I'd like to see those three get to the free throw line a little bit more often. A lot of times getting to the free throw line is a great way. You see the ball going a couple of times to get yourself back in a rhythm from the three. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think you make a good point about the complimentary basketball because, you know, you look at their, statistics i'm looking at ken palm right now in the like the average possession lengths do not really add up for what you would think this team wants to be and i i think part of that is because they have done such a good job of turning teams over that they're able to get out and transition and do some of that kind of stuff but they're 51st in average possession length and offensively and they're playing considerably faster than the d1 average right now 15.4 seconds and then they're defending at 16.2 
ideally, I think you would see that the offensive possessions are going to be longer than the defensive ones, especially with this, how hard they play on the defensive end. And like, I think some of that is just, you have to get into those games against better teams. You get too many opportunities to get out and run against some of these teams that aren't very good. And I, I want them to run off of turnovers because yeah. again, it, I look at this, this team is at its best when the three players I just mentioned are attacking the rim. I think Brockington's been outstanding in transition. I think Tyrese Hunter is outstanding and is only going to continue to get better in transition. So when they turn someone over, I'm let's push on the side of being overly aggressive and let's try to get this thing to the rim. What I don't want to see in transition, a settled three and, or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Something, I just don't think this is the type of team that's going to shoot those shots. Like if you've got a Matt Thomas and an as long, by all means, you guys catch one in rhythm and on the, you know, from two feet behind the three point line and you got to go and let it fly. They've got guys that can shoot the ball. I mean, they've got a talented team of division one basketball players. Let's not lose sight of that. I just think it's the type of risks and the type of aggression that I want to see. And to your point about this team kind of daring them to shoot, sometimes you have to shoot those shots. I just would rather see them shoot that, that, that three with 10 seconds on the shot clock rather than 20. Let's work that extra 10 seconds and see if we can get the defense to break down a little bit, get ourselves to the free throw line, a shot in the paint. Uh, one thing I thought that happened the other night, you know, they, they shot so many outside shots. I thought they would be able to take more advantage of the offensive boards than they did. And I think when you're shooting that many offensive shots, that can be really hard for those big guys to gauge when to put that effort in and really go after the the, the board. So those are just some things, again, it's a work in progress. I know TJ has talked about just wanting to see this team progress. It's, it's going to take time. There's going to be times where it's frustrating. You're, you're, you're creating the kinds of looks you want and you're just not making them and you just got to stick with it. Um, but those are just some things that I think as after looking at three games that, that I would be thinking about as a coach, particularly with this personnel. I think that what Isaiah Brockington has been able to do so far for this team has been, you know, I don't, I don't even know that it's like surprising, uh, but just, he's been even better than I think I would have anticipated him being where, you know, he's averaging 17 points a game right now, uh, over 10 rebounds per game. He's a double doubles in back-to-back games. His skill set is a lot more dynamic than I think maybe I realized it was. I don't know that he had the opportunities at Penn state to, uh, to do some of these things, but his mid range game is really nice. Like he is, Mm -hmm. and just his, his ability to attack around the rim, I mean, is as good as I think as we've seen, you know, from a wing player in, in several years at Iowa State. I mean, what do you want to continue to see from him for him to grow his game? And and the reality is, too, he's going to have better people guarding him as the season goes along. So what does he need to do to continue to be able to get to the spots that he wants to shoot from and, and be able to score from? I think being ultra aggressive, slashing to the basket uh, in transition, in the half court, he's got a a very mature feel of when to attack, where to attack. He doesn't, you don't see him getting into the paint a lot, leaving his feet and being stuck in the air. You don't see him driving in there out of control and, and, and having a charge. So he's attacking, but he's doing it in, in a very mature way. And I think he just has a mature game in general. So if I'm TJ, you know, I'm coaching a guy that hasn't necessarily had the role that we're going to have him probably have on this team on other teams. I'm just continuing to try to put as much confidence in him. Like, Hey, we are at our best when you are getting the ball in the paint, I would chart his paint touches. I would chart Tyrese Hunter's paint touches. I mean, I want you guys getting in the paint 10, 15 times a game. 
and it's not always going to be pretty, right? Like you're going to do this. You're going to bounce it off your foot. You're going to, you're going to get a charge every once in a while, but we need you guys to be pushing the envelope because that's, what's going to create the jazz coons inside out three. And maybe he can shoot it at 38% for them this year off of those types of looks or for Caleb grill. It's going to make the players around them better. It's going to make George Condit better running the court tip-ins, those sorts of things. I think, um, Robert Jones had a really nice game done, right? When those guys drive the ball to the basket and put pressure on defense, that's where you're going to see him, you know, kind of have that Anderson Verajao type of role where, you know, he can get those dump downs and lay-ins and extra tips and sort of th- that sort of thing like that. So I see that as being this team's fastball, those three players attacking the paint, putting pressure on the defense, getting to the free throw line, you're creating easy looks for their teammates. Yeah. And Tyrese Hunter has been, I mean, he, he does something, has done something in every game that just like makes you sit back and be like, man, this guy is, you know, this guy is special. And, you know, I think the best example of that the other night was when he got the steal and showed off the bunnies and got the N one dunk late in the game. Um, Got to keep him on the floor, man. It seems like he just, he, he gets those quick fouls early in these games. You know, it's two games in a row now that he, I think he's had three fouls like right off the bat. And it just is, that's like one of those youth things where it's like, I, all right, all right, youngster. I know you're excited. I know you're amped up. I know you're out here trying to make plays, but we need you to calm down like just a little bit, you know, We're a just, lot better with you on the court. Right. So, yeah. And, and, and I already see him learning on the fly and maturing. There was a couple of drives he had the other night where he, he, he drove by his guy. And this is common for young guys that rely on their speed. Like he can, they, they struggle to have kind of that knowing when to jump stop, knowing when to go in under control, kind of get the defense to freeze and then explode. Mm -hmm. And you're already starting to see him make those adjustments. He had a couple of nice jump stops the other night that kept him out of getting a charge. Um, and I look for him on the defensive end of the floor. I know he can make life miserable for the other team's point guard. I think that there's going to be a, a feeling out process for him. And I think it'll happen quick. Cause he seems to be learning fast early on in games. We don't need you taking those chances. I get it. You can steal the ball from this guy, but we need you on the court. That's a foul. I don't mind you getting when you only have two with five minutes to go. But when the game is still a 50-50 game or is, is still being decided and you've got a foul already and there's 14 minutes to go, I don't need you hip-checking a guy or riding a guy 30 feet from the basket. It, again, it's not, I'm not – I don't want to take his aggressiveness away. It's just knowing when to take risks and when not to. I think he's already starting to make those sorts of adjustments. And I think that that's only going to, as he plays more and more I, and TJ, I'm sure, you know, and their, their entire staff are working with him on just understanding when it's okay to take a chance. And when it's just saying, Hey, we need you on the court. We're better with you. So guard him hard, but don't, don't give the official anything to even think about here. Not 30 feet from the basket. Yeah, I think one of the things that, you know, maybe the average person doesn't realize that's so tough for a guy like him who you, I mean, you can watch him, you know, at the high school level, he blew by people like it was nothing, you know, and could just drive right past people without any resistance for the most part. But you have to learn that change of pace in how you can mix up your speeds just to keep people off balance and then be able to, you know, continue to create for your teammates and stuff like that. That's something that, I always thought Monte was so good at where Monte is not like blazing fast. He doesn't have that same top end explosiveness that a guy like Tyrese does, but 
he was so good at being able to mix up the pace of what he was doing and being able to change speeds with his dribble that it made him a lot more dynamic as a guy slashing to the rim. And it's just, it's a process, you know, to be able to learn those things. And especially when you make the jump from high school to, to college, the game gets faster. So you think you have to go faster, but it's like figuring out, no, like I'm just as fast as all these guys are faster, but I have to know how to manipulate their speed with my speed and being able to like, you know, play that chess game a little bit. That's you versus the defense of like, I can't get out of control. I can't go too fast, but at the same time, like, I don't want to go too slow either, you know, changing speeds. And I would also say changing directions and great drivers of the basketball as they grow in their, 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 their career, they start changing directions 15 feet before they're about to make their move. So you're bringing it up in the three quarter court. You see the guy at the three point line, you know, you're going to try to cross this guy up and get by him you're already starting to change direction 15 feet before you get to him just to change the, the, you know, the, the way his hips are maybe pointing mm -hmm. at you, get him leaning one way to set up that move. And I think, again, those are things to your point, probably didn't have to rely on that a whole lot in high school, even so far this, you know, so far in his college career has been able to, you know, his speed is just, it's like another level. I mean, it's not even fair to compare most college guards to him because his speed is so overwhelming, but I think, for him to take that next step that this team is going to need him to take learning how to change speeds, but also changing direction and then learning how to create contact. Another thing that happens when you're so fast, you're used to just getting so far by guys. Mm -hmm. You don't know, you don't really have to create contact, right? So when you drive, you know, you're going to beat your man, but all of a sudden that big comes over and knowing how to attack him and get into his body to get you to that free throw line. I think those are the sorts of things when you start to see that from him, look out. I mean, he's already yeah. way ahead of schedule, but when he starts doing that sort of stuff, now you're talking about an all conference, you know, lead guard. Yeah. And I, I thought we saw that a little bit the other night. I mean, Alabama had Alabama state had those two big guys that sat in the middle that I swear to God, the only two, th the only things that they did were block shots and rebound. Like, I don't even know that they, I know there was a point when, when number 10, his stat line was four blocks, three rebounds, three fouls and three turnovers with zero shot attempts. And I looked at that and I was like, that is an epic stat line right there. Like that's the kind of stat line you want from your big man. I mean, you'd like to hear see more than three rebounds, but it's just like, that's your, like, that is a pure big man right there. Mo Williams said, I want to find guys who can protect the rim. And that's yeah. it. I don't care and, if they can do anything else. And to your point a little earlier, as they start to play more of these power five schools in big 12, I think you're going to see big 12 teams with bigger guys, more right. athletic guys, keep a guy in the paint and kind of have that goalie presence. And that's where that can't be enough to stop you from driving the basketball, mm -hmm. because if it is, I just think this team will struggle to get to 65, 70, whatever it needs to win the game. So those are again, little nuances that as he yeah. matures and grows throughout the season, playing more and more, I think he, he, he will pick up. So you and I, last week, when we talked for the cycle fanatic radio show, you talked about player comps a little bit. You threw TJ Ford out for him. Um, yeah. I, the more I've thought about it, another one I, I thought, Davion Mitchell from Baylor. I yep. think that there's a lot of similarities between them two. The speed is just, I think, what makes them so tough. And the defensive competitiveness. I mean, that's what always made, I thought, made Davion Mitchell so much fun was just like, that guy was really hard to guard on the other end, but then he would be an absolute menace on defense. And like, if you had to spend more than, you know, 
15 or 20 minutes being either guarded or having to guard Davion Mitchell, you were going to have a really bad night. You know, like you were going to oh. get the, the game was going to get over and you were going to be exhausted. Well, and, and I think he has the ability to take other teams lead guards and now they're not even thinking about attacking. They're not even thinking about setting up their teammates. They're just trying to get the ball up the court, get the offense initiated without turning it over. And I just, yeah, I think he is a, he is a true 94 foot player. He can make life miserable for you anywhere on the court. Um, and actually their, 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 their entire backcourt, everybody that they've played at the guard position has done a really nice job of that. And I think that's why they've had so much success so early on. I think that's something that I don't know that it'll translate quite the way that it has. I mean, the other night they forced 23 turnovers and only gave up 10 assists. Maybe I'm wrong, but Baylor and Kansas that I, they might have a little bit better ratio there, mm -hmm. but I think that stuff will transfer. And I think it will be, I think they will make, make life tough on even the best competition uh, scoring the basketball. It's very real. It's a very real possibility for this team to hold teams under 60, 65 points, even some of the best in the big 12. I, I, I think that is already something as fans, we should be excited about. That's something that, that I think will translate. All right. Let's talk then about Gabe Kalsher a little bit. Um, I mean, again, he has been really impressive on the defensive end, his ability to guard multiple people, multiple positions, I think is, is really impressive. And it's a big part of why they can do some of the things that they want to do defensively. Uh, the inconsistency of the way that he gets some of his shots offensively is like, he's one of those guys that when you talk about the patience and things like that, I think he especially is, is where you're watching the film. It's like, okay, we don't hate this shot. We could probably get a better one, you know? And yeah. uh, I say that more because his shot is so inconsistent, not just in going in, but the way that he takes them that sometimes it's just like, like he missed one the other night where the second that he got off the ground, I was like, well, he's not making that because he jumped like a mile in the air. <laughs> and then uh, he's like floating to one side and then it goes way over the rim. And it's like, you can see almost the instant that he sets his feet to shoot the ball, whether or not it's going to go in because just with the way that his body is leaning, you know, and it, it's like, how do we get him to slow down enough to set his feet, shoot the ball in rhythm and not be like out of control with when he's going to shoot a jumper, you know? Yeah. And, and I think for, you know, he's a perfect example. If he's got his feet set, the ball gets in the paint and comes inside out to him, line every one of those up. If you go over 10, I still want you to line up the 11th. I don't want us taking kind of those fringe shots. You know what I mean? A, where it's like, we're five, eight seconds in, the ball, we really haven't gotten anything accomplished offensively. The ball gets swung to you and I get it. You can get one off on this guy, but you, you know, we haven't, we've missed four shots in a row as a team. It's just not the right time in the game for that shot. And I, and I think, and I've talked about this a lot with him and you're, I think him and Brockington are both going to have roles on this team that they've never had in their college career because of the, all of the new pieces. He is not to me for this team a sharpshooter, like a pure shooter. That's not his role. He is a two, two way player. We, when, when you get the ball, I want you to attack. I don't want you to just catch it and feel like, Oh, don't shoot. Cause I, I want him to be aggressive. We need him to be aggressive. But if it's not an inside outside three, I want you getting the ball into the paint. And he has showed the ability for two or three dribbles in a straight line to be able to do that get to the free throw line again, driving into contact, creating contact or driving and getting to, you know, he's had some nice finishes mm -hmm. around the rim or creating a long closeout or a, or a shot for your teammates. I think he has to think 
like a, you know, a slasher as much as he is a shooter. I don't think he has to pick one over the other, but I don't see him for this team as just being like, Hey, your role is to come out and snipe threes for us. I think he's too valuable for this team to just have that role. And I don't think that that's where his shot making ability is at. Yeah. And I think even when, like you got to get him to a spot where even when he takes those dribbles and is able to get into the paint, like your first shot or your first thought immediately isn't, okay, I got to put it up. You know, it's, it's, you dribble, you get to the paint and then you give your, you allow yourself the opportunity to think. And obviously it's, it's a lot faster than this, but like, you have to be able to think at that in that moment of like, okay, I don't have to put this up. I can dish it. I can do whatever I need to do. I can dish it down, dump it down to, to a big man. And it's like those things you can just see that right now, because of playing in this new role, things look a little fast for him on that end where it's like, he's just not quite seeing it quick enough yet, but it's like, once he does see that stuff quick, then it can really click and you can really like get to where all three of those guys can be distributors for you out of that role, as well as being guys who can score. Well, and when he drives and this is, this is common for guys that are used to being shooters that now take on a a little different role as, as a little bit more of a driver. But when he drives the basketball, he's got to think, all right, I'm getting my head on the rim, right? I'm getting all the way to the rim. Now the defense takes that away from you. Now the, now the pass becomes obvious or the jump stop into the floater becomes a little bit more of an obvious play. I think guys get themselves in trouble when they're driving and they don't really know what they want to get to. You've got to know being, you got to, when you go, you got to be convicted in your mind. I am getting to the rim and I'm punching this one through until somebody takes it away from me. Now, once you've taken it away from me, it's either a controlled jump stop or it's a quick pitch. Um, and so I think with him, he, you know, he's getting more and more comfortable driving, but I think he's catching himself in a position where I'm driving, but I'm not really sure what I want to get to. And then you get in there and you kind of just get nervous and you, Mm -hmm. you know, force up, you know, maybe a little bit of a, an awkward look. So I, I think that's just something if I'm, again, if I'm TJ and I'm coaching him, I'm coaching him to get your head on the rim, be aggressive and then make a play off of that once they take it away, if they take it away. It's a little unfortunate, I think, for him that he that he did have to spend so much of his career playing the role that he did at Minnesota, mm-hmm. because I think that he could have been a lot more than what he was there. And like I think we're seeing that now, obviously, you know, but it's like he got pushed into a box and it, it almost makes you wonder if like it's not, I don't even know stunted his development is the right way to put it, but it's like, you can just tell that he's not always comfortable in those scenarios where you'd like, he's a, has played so much college basketball. You'd like to see him be more comfortable than what he is at this point. You know, like, yeah. I don't even know the best way to put it. It's just, I thought that I think maybe he was in a little bit of an unfair position where he was at before. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I had a reputation of being a shooter, but if you you know went back and kind of del- dove into like my, the analytics of my play, even I developed into more of, I'll put the ball on the the floor for two or three dribbles. And that actually freed me up for more looks because now all of a sudden the defense had to think about things. And then it helped me get to the free throw line or get to some leaners or floaters, those sorts of things. So I think for him between now and the end of the year, really developing that I can shoot it. I can put on the, 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 the floor for two or three dribbles. He's already doing so many great things on the defensive end. He's rebounding really hard. Um, hopefully for him and for this team, he's able to kind of take that step forward and, and, and get out of that box and, and get a little bit more comfortable as a, a little bit more of a complete guard. Yeah. Uh, 
The another one that I'm interested to see just how he develops over the year is Tristan and Aruna, because he is a, a really intriguing player. And I feel like they're like that guy at the four position, you know, they, they, those four guards are all kind of interchangeable in a sense, but it's like, they're like that guy away from being, you know, leveling up a little bit more. If he can take another step forward and average where he's like at, you know, he's at, what's he at right now? 2.7 points per game. If you could get him to like seven, you know, into where he's a little bit more of a threat than what he's at right now. Like, I think that just can take them up another notch in that area, but it's just being able to get him to spots where he is comfortable. And it, it almost seems like he's, he wants to have like his back to the basket, you know, and be one of those kinds of players, but you got to figure out a way to like get him involved in that sense. When you've got those guys that also want to slash all the time, you know, it's like, if he's comfortable in it, I could almost see it being one of those things where you do some of the things that Iowa State did with, you know, he is not George Niang. I don't want to say that, you know, want people to think, but you can do some of the things that they did with him where he can be a passer and be a distributor out of those kinds of roles. But obviously you have to get him to where he can be comfortable in that position as well. But when he's tried to post up sometimes because of the way teams have defended them, there's no space for him to operate down there. You know, right. it's like, how do you get him into positions to be successful and get him into those spots where there is space for him to work? Because I think that that's the kind of guy that can take them, you know, up another notch in what they want to be. Yeah. He's their most fluid athlete of the mm-hmm. four frontline players. And I think he can do some things away from the basket. I think he can, you know, obviously he wants to get down there with his back to the basket. And I agree with your point that it, it's going to be hard on the post players to score with their back to the basket because of the way I think teams are going to guard Um, this team. I just, they are going to pack the paint. Uh, I I think George Condit has done a great job the first couple of games of doing this. And I thought um, Robert Jones and jazz were, were better the other night. Those four big guys have got to find way as many ways to get involved in this game without having a play run for them, running the court, um, you know, learning how to play off of these guys drives, finding those pockets where Tyrese can find you on a dump down. And he had a couple of really nice ones with Robert Jones the other night. And I think with Aruna, he's, he's just feeling his way out. You know, he's, he's learning how to play on this team. He's learning his role. Uh, I, I think I agree with you. I think he could bring an element to this team at a, as, as a, you know, a four with legit six, eight height can play above the rim but also can bring other guys, big men away from the, the basket and, and hopefully maybe, you know, be a, another driver of the basketball for them from that four spot. Uh, and they might be able to take advantage of some of those things with him. They, they need all 10 guys and he's no exception to that. I think, you know, we, we would like to maybe, I would like to maybe see him get a little bit more comfortable and start asserting himself mm-hmm. into the game, the way that George has, um, you know, just getting his hands on balls, kind of being everywhere all the time. And I think as he gets more and more comfortable, you'll see more of that from him. And Aruna's skill set reminds me of uh, Abdul Nader when he was a junior. Uh, Abdul maybe had a little bit more polished offensive game as far as being able to shoot from deep. But like, it's like, how do you unlock the aggressiveness? You know, right. how do you get that to come out of him? Because it's like, a, I don't know that passive is the right word, but it's almost like a fear to maybe like make a mistake or something like that. And it's like, how do you eliminate that and get him to where he's playing free and downhill and loose, you know? And if you can get that out of him and you can get him to play loose, like that's when you can see that 
pure ability like start to come out because I don't think there's anybody that's going to argue he's talented. He's not talented. You know, he is clearly very talented. He's clearly very athletic. He's got the skills to be able to do it. It's just like, how do you get him to where he's confident enough in those abilities to put him out there, you know, and not be afraid of it, I guess. Yeah, no. And it's having played when you're in a rhythm, the type and you're in the flow of the game, the type of player you're capable of being compared to when you're not, it's just, it's night and day. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's where for him, you know, you make all of a sudden an incredible offensive rebound or an incredible block. And all of a sudden you start thinking a lot less in your, um, your emotions and that adrenaline starts to come out in you. And now you'll feel a little bit more confident taking a chance and, and putting the ball on the floor for a couple of dribbles or knocking down a, you know, 16 foot jump shot or whatever the case may be. So I think it's just, finding those energy plays that will help you unleash the rest of your game that I think we all see it. I mean, I watch him warm up. I've watched him practice. Like I see the skill set, and it's very intriguing. I think it's those energy plays and those, uh, those special plays that he can make at, you know, 11, 11 and a half feet above the rim or running the court that will help him stop thinking so much and just get into that flow. Yeah. And that's where, you know, I think, you could eventually get to a point where if he he's a guy who, if he grabs a defensive rebound, you know, you don't need Tyrese to run back to him and grab mm-hmm. the ball. He can push it ahead and then you can get Tyrese and you can get Isaiah and Gabe all running already, you know, and you can start even when you're getting it off of an offensive or a defensive rebound, then you can get out and transition how you want to be able to get out and transition and get downhill. And you eliminate that. Like, okay, I've got my rebound. Where's my point guard? I've got to get it to my point guard. And now we go, you know, it's like, get the ball, go, let's go, you know, let's get out and move. And like, let's try and get these people before the defense gets set. Because again, we know that they're probably not going to be uber successful in the half court offensively, just with what they've got on the roster right now, you know, as far as getting wide open looks or they're like knocking things down and scoring at a really high rate. It's like, how can we get this as fast as we can to get and beat people before they're able to set their defense. And like, he's one of those guys I think can really help in that area. Yeah. And it's a mindset shift. It's going from what am I supposed to do? I don't want to make a mistake to I'm a playmaker and Mm -hmm. I'm playing, you know, and, and that's, when that light comes on for him, that definitely could be like an X factor for this team. And they need that from all of these role players, you know, and it's going to be different guys, different nights, but they need two or three, you know, a Caleb grill, a Condit, a, um, a Robert Jones, whomever they need two or three of those guys to emerge each night and get them 15 points, get them 20 points. I mean, I was, kind of sitting before we got on here and just taking some notes from the game the other night and thinking about it, this team's got to find a way to get to 65, in my opinion, to give themselves a legitimate chance to beat the top notch competition. And, you know, how do you do that? You know, cause they're not going to go one for 20 every night. They're, they might not be an outstanding shooting team, but they're not a 5% from the three point line time team either. So, you know, if they can make four or five threes without having to take 20, 25 to get there, you get 15, 20 points from the three point line. All right. Where are your other 45 coming from? And I, and that's where, you know, I talk about those, the, the big three trying to get, they need to get this team 45 points against top notch competition for them to get to 65. And then the, 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 the rest of the guys, I think need to get them 20, 25, something in there um, night in, night out to have a legitimate chance to beat a Baylor, a Kansas, a, a, you know, whomever night in, night out. One thing I think that TJ has done a really good job of, of kind of, I guess unlocking with the offensive sets that they run 
George Condit has really impressed me with his ability to see the floor as a passer, something we didn't really see from him before. You know, he, and all three of those guards specifically are really good playing off of the ball, you know, and, and knowing and understanding leverage of when you can back cut and those kinds of things and being able to find seams and uh, to create momentum for yourself going downhill. Like that's the stuff that I've really liked seeing from them so far is like, you're getting people, like George was very one di- one dimensional before, you know, it was the only way he, or only ways he's scoring is if we throw him a lob or if we throw him the ball uh, with his back to the basket and he's just not a very good back to the basket guy. Like that's just is the reality, you know, and that's fine. Like you, not everybody is Hakeem Olajuwon with their back to the basket, but it's like, you're seeing him now where he can play away from the hoop and be a dynamic player that way. And like, that's the kind of stuff that I like to see have liked seeing from them is it's getting everybody involved, but not in necessarily the tradition traditional ways you would think, but utilizing like just the different pieces of their games that they maybe even didn't realize that they were as good at, you know, George has done a great job so far. He's seeing the game about a half step quicker than all of the other bigs on the floor. And he's yeah. done a great job of getting his body in shape where his, he can now, he sees it and his body is allowing him to go and ex- exploit that advantage. And I think offensively, you know, we talk about trying to create opportunities for those other guys to slash when he can play in the high post, or you can use him as a ball reversal guy. And the other team just wants to take their big man and say, look, don't leave the paint. The best thing you can do is have a big guy that to counter that can get into dribble handoffs can kind of play as a not a point guard, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, he can, he can invert your offense and those three guards can cut and come off a of dribble handoffs. And there's not a big guy there to give them a hard show. So now they're playing downhill on that big guy off of him. I think him and jazz have got the ability to do that for this team in different ways or two different types styles of player. But I think that's something that wrinkles that they can get to out of sets to try to use what those guys are doing well to, uh, to unlock those, those, those big three, um, you know, driving the ball to the basket and playing off of that. All right. We're getting close to, uh, to wrapping up here. Is there, are there any other things that you have, you know, maybe you've really liked, or maybe some other things that you would like to see, you know, continue to grow here as we, as, as a season goes on. I just love how this team is embracing being just like, blue collar, blood, sweat, guts. And I I think there's the offense is going to come. I think that's where I would like to see them make the most improvement, but they already have a formula for not only being successful as a team, but I think TJ is identifying a formula to build a program around uh, the defense, the loose balls, the rebounding stuff. Um, I would like to see them clean up the rebounding from the other night. It, they've got to be a little bit better there. I think this team has to win the defense, the rebounding and the 50, 50 balls, and then they've got to be good enough offensively. So cleaning up the rebounding and then offensively, I actually didn't think it was nearly as bad the other night as maybe the stats would indicate. I thought they got quality looks. They just, they, they had a rough night and this team, they might have a few of those. Uh, and I think we're just going to have to be patient with them on that and just trust that this is going to be a process for them. But my initial impression of this team is there's a lot to like, there's a lot to cheer for as a fan, as an analyst um, and how much they improve on the offensive end of the floor between now and big 12 season, I think will be a big factor on how many teams are able to knock off in the, in the conference play. And I think the reality is too, that the people at Hilton are going to embrace this team and the defense is what's going to get really people engaged. And we know 
when you've got that fan base engaged and you've got people in Hilton Coliseum on their feet, right? It does not take very much to get the ball rolling down the hill, you know, and get the boulder going down. I mean, the cyclone boulder rolling down the hill in Hilton Coliseum is damn near impossible to stop. You know, how many pieces of evidence are there of that in the last 20 years? But it's like, you just got to get it there. You know, we got to get it there. It's like, once you can get that, man, it's just, yeah, yeah. You did see it. And it's just, I mean, that was a a mature experienced, battle tested team. Yeah. And they made them look flat out ugly on offense. I I mean, the, the, the threes that their two guard got off, I forget his name off the top of my head, but I mean, he was like running full sprint away from the basket, turning around and having to like force up looks over Isaiah Brockington. And, you know, I, I said on the air the other night, he's my favorite player on this team. Cause he does so many things. I mean, not only is he averaging a double double, he's taking the other team's best perimeter wing completely out of the game for three games in a row now. And that's, he does that. He'll be a, a first team all conference player in the big 12. I mean, I, I don't know if he'll be able to be a average, double double in big 12 play time mm-hmm. will tell, but what he's done so far for this team um, has been really impressive. And what they did to Oregon state should give the, this team and its fan base, a lot of confidence that they can beat teams out in New York. They can you know, go into or beat Iowa, um, play the big 12 and, and do that to some of those teams. Cause that was not a, um, that was not a bad team that they made look bad offensively yeah. on they, Friday night. They remind me of, uh, of Iowa state football in like 2017 when they <laughs> first really kind of took off, you know, where they, they might not score 20, you know, but the other team sure as hell isn't scoring 20 and like, and they're just not going to let them score 20 because you've got guys that are out there playing so hard. You know, I think back to that team, the JD Wagner's, the Ray Lima's, the, you know, Willie Harvey's Joel Laney's like those kinds of people that like, weren't maybe the most talented people in the world, but like they were going to play so freaking hard all the time. And we're just like dead set. We're not going to let you score, you know? And that's what allows you to, uh, allows you to be able to win even when your offense isn't that good. That's where I commend TJ right now is getting is infusing that desire to defend into people that I haven't really ever seen that from George Trey Jackson, like those guys, you know, were good defenders in high school and stuff like that, but you didn't really ever see that desire to defend from them outside of George wanting to block shots. But now you're seeing them like they look more comfortable playing defense than anything else, you know? And like, I can appreciate that. I don't think you're going to last very long in Ames, Iowa and under TJ Otzelberger. If you don't embrace playing defense, sacrificing your body for rebounding and loose balls. And I think the reason that I'm not overly concerned offensively, even though I would say offensively, this team has a long way to go. I don't know that they're ever going to be an offensive juggernaut, but what, why I'm not that concerned at this moment, never in three games have I ever had a moment where I felt like a guy was just playing for himself on the offensive end of the court. And when you've got a team that's bought in on both ends of the floor of just, we are here. The only thing we are thinking about is winning the basketball game. There are no wasted possessions of, Hey, I got to get a look up that sort of a thing as a coaching staff, you can work with that and you Mm -hmm. can improve when you start having to man, this guy, he wastes three possessions a game for us. And this guy wastes four because he gets impatient. That's hard. That's when I would be concerned. I've never sensed that from them. And I think as a fan base and as an analyst, it's why I think they do have the potential to make some of those strides on the offensive end that, um, that we've, we've talked a little bit about. All right. One last, I, I thought of one last thing. It was something that was brought up on the forums this week. Um, so you were on Greg McDermott's last team at Iowa state, and then you were obviously on Fred's first team 
at Iowa State. Yep. And people talked about how much different the vibe was between those two teams and how it flipped so quickly. And that's where I think you have a unique perspective for this team because I think it's very similar in that sense. It's a little bit different because it went from being, you know, with Greg to, to Fred being the spread it out offense and stuff like that to then, you know, now it's a, it's like reverse of that now. What was it that you think changed so much between those two years? And, and then how do you think that those could kind of even correlate to now? Well, I think there's a lot of things that changed. I don't know that it's any one thing. I would say Fred brought in a fresh message um, and a, a fresh way of playing the game that I think it, uh, brought some energy to the team. Uh, you know, under Mac, a match a grinded out type of coach. And, you know, that's why he's had success at Northern Iowa. That's why he's had success at, um, at Creighton. He's a, he's a very, very good coach. But I think that team was not necessarily a team that wanted to play grinded out basketball on the offensive end of the court. Fred changed that. I think one of the things that I'll give Deontay Garrett a lot of credit for, he was the best player on that team. And he set a great example. He loved to play the game. I mean, Deontay was the type of guy that, you know, we'd play open gym for an hour. He'd want to play for four. I mean, he just wanted to play ball all day, love the game. And what I see on this team is a lot of that from, you know, Gabe Kelsher, Isaiah Brockington, Tyrese Hunter, guys that, uh, are setting a great example, experience their best players. It's always easiest when your best players are great leaders. And I think Deontay was that for all that team. I think these guys are that for this team. Uh, and I think when you get those guys bought in, it makes it a lot easier to court to coach, you know, maybe somebody who in the past has struggled with a defensive effort and those sorts of things, because when you're getting it from your best guys, day in, day out, and they're leading by example, all of a sudden it's a lot easier. Hey, you either, this is the way we're going to play, or you're not going to play here. You've got a coach that's echoing that in TJ. So that's, I think, a parallel that I see from that team to this team and maybe why the, the vibe and the culture and those sorts of things seem to maybe be turning the tide. And it really helps when those guys are just like absolute dogs that when it comes late in the game, it's like, we're not losing. You know, right. we're not going to lose. I think you can see that from Isaiah Brockington, the play that he made where he got the offensive rebound and the dunk and was like, and you know, damn near tore the rim off on that hoop down there. You're like, you're like, okay, that's a guy right there. Who's a leader who just stepped up and said, I am not going to lose this game. And this game is not getting any closer under my watch. There like, are, period, the end. There's you know? a certain skill in all of sports, I think call and but it's something that like, it's so hard to measure because it's not, it's not measurable, but it's willpower. And Isaiah Brockington demonstrated an incredible willpower on that play of just, you know, give me this ball and we are winning this game. Mm -hmm. And I've been around a few guys like that. And they're, they have an infectious energy on the team. They're, they, you know, they're, they're just leaders. Like it's just, it's something that, you can feel it's, you know, when people have the LeBron and Jordan argument, right. And I'm not going to get into what side of that I'm on, but what makes Jordan a little bit different. And it's like the Tom Brady thing too, right? Like, no, we are winning this game. I don't care if I have to call 50 running plays, we are winning this game. And there's just some guys that have that it factor. And I think that that was on display with him. And he's, he appears to me to just have that demeanor to him that, like you said, that, that kind of like dog presence in him. Yep. All right, Scott, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for taking some time this morning. And, um, well, are you on the call on Sunday? I am. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, it should be a thrilling game with Grambling state. Uh, I think, uh, Terrence Lewis who played for Iowa state is on that team. Uh, I don't know yeah, if he's Brandon played. I think he's maybe talking about it. it yeah. He said he wasn't sure that he had been playing though. I haven't had a chance to watch them on film. I'll probably check them out uh, either later today or tomorrow, but yeah, 
Um, Brenton mentioned that there was a former Iowa state player uh, on their team. Yeah, man. Hopefully he's uh, back to full health. Cause I need him to come in and play well so that my, my Terrence Lewis stock that I bought in uh, whatever me and Brent were like the two biggest stockholders in Terrence Lewis. And those, <laughs> they, they cratered. Let me tell you, those were not, you those ones didn't pay off. On Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Talk Thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys again here later on in the week. Peace.